going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Vicky Warren is that? Will be me. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Tomax. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with the mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's Sad Entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You're dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. Know your boy wouldn't steer you wrong. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt because gospel is what it's all about. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Anointed Radio Network. Make sure that you take the time to like, share, and subscribe. But hey, before we start this show off and before we kick it off, let's kick it off first with a scripture. And so today our scripture is going to come from Psalms 142 verses 7. Let's get that up on the screen here. So it says, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me for you shall deal bountifully with me. A lot of times we are stuck inside a prison on the inside of us. We're stuck in our souls. And because we don't actually understand that there is a difference between actual physical pain and actual soul wounds. And so our souls, the pain that we endure in our souls, the hardship that we have dealt with, the emotional trauma that goes behind some of the physical trauma begins to hold with us and it begins to keep keep us trapped on the inside of of our soul, keep us trapped and keep us in prison. So with that today, we have a, a dynamic show. But before we get into it, we want to take the time to actually pray for all those that may be feeling wounded in their soul on today. So Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you for for actually coming in. And we thank you that you are the keeper of our souls. We ask right now that you begin to heal us from the inside out, that you begin to look deep on the inside of us and actually see what it is that is actually 
hurting us, that you actually look below the surface into our soul wounds. We know that you are Jehovah Rapha. We know that you are still a God that heals. We know that you are a God that knows all and sees all. And so you understand more of our pain than sometimes than we understand of our own. And so we're asking that you come into each and every last listener on today. We're asking that you come into each and last, each and every last anointed radio speaker on today and actually heal us where it hurts. We're asking that you come in and release us from the prison that is in our souls because we know that who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so we just thank you for that. And Amen. So, hey, everyone, if you have not already, before we get started, we ask that you go to the anoint, go and download the Anointed Radio app. Follow us on all social media platforms at Las Vegas Anointed Radio, LV Anointed Radio, anointedradio.com. Do not forget to check us out on Roku. Yes, we are on Roku now. And so you're able to see all the dynamic shows that we have, all the phenomenal shows that we have that is part of Anointed Radio. So again, make sure that you look for us on that. Download our 24-hour gospel radio station where you're able to listen to to gospel music all day long, like no matter what time, 24-hour gospel radio so with that being said, I am Prophetess Tish standing in just for a quick moment for Pastor Jay. Make sure that you follow me as well. I'm on Instagram at fervently.creations. I'm also on Facebook, Tish here, as well as I am in those clubhouse streets, Prophetess Tish. I'm there Friday mornings and Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern. Do not forget to check me out in Atlanta, Georgia, June 2nd through June 4th in for the Prisoner Award and the Vine Conference and Anthology book release, where we have one of our very own Pastor Jay, who is going to be writing with us. So make sure you come check out not only his chapter in the book once we do the book release, but also he will be a special musical guest on there. So come out, support Anointed Radio's very own Pastor Jay. With that being said, we have the ladies in the house, but we also have Pastor Jay. So we'll save the men for last and let the ladies go first. And let's bring up Miss Brittany and Simi. Let's see. Here we go. Brittany, hey girl, how you doing? Good. Timmy, so real. What's up? And Pastor Jay, we're going to do an all girl show one day. And Pastor Jay. <laughs> I, I could leave. Did you see his I'm face when he came? I, I could leave. I'm just saying. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'll have it today. I'm just, and I was playing. Hey, everybody. It's going to be the ladies of. Anointed Radio. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I like the sound of that. The ladies of Anointed Radio. We're going to have a special show. <laughs> so with that being said, come on, Pastor Jay. Let them know how they can find you, how they can follow you. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Jay. And like always, you can you know I got something to say. And what I got to say is this. You can follow me at all social media platforms at you see my social handle right there, Anointed Jaylon, J-A-Y-L-O-N. And you could go check out any of my music, Jesus, You Make Me Happy, Renew My Praise, uh, Slip Away, and all those good songs um, on all the digital streaming platforms. And just follow me and stay tuned. A lot of things are happening um, this Thursday. Everybody say Thursday. We're Thursday. going to have an update soon for the new Anointed Radio app. So, 
this app will be able to do more. Um, it's going to be at the Anointed Radio 2.0, where you can be able to watch the podcast. You can be able to listen to music. You'll be able to do all things in one place. So definitely keep your eyes soon uh, to this update. If you have the Anointed Radio uh, app, because if you don't, just go ahead and download it. But if you have the Anointed Radio app, make sure that you check out for the update and your updates, and it'll be a brand new experience just for you so that you can enjoy anointed radio. Pastor Jay. What's up y'all. You guys can find me on Instagram at I am Brittany Marley and every Tuesday, 7 PM Eastern standard time um, for testimony Tuesday at testimony Tuesday with Brittany and Kelly blogspot.com. And I am your girl, Simi So Real, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Tick to the Talk. <laughs> tick to the Talk. That is awesome. Awesome. Listen, quick topic today before we bring up our guest. Well, bring up our guest, get her to introduce herself, and also play a little game. But is there actually a difference? Oh, keep it out. Okay. Hmm, let's flip it since Pastor Jay went out. Christian and dating, the dating life, like how is that like nowadays? Once it comes to being a Christian and actually dating, the struggles, the tests with it, like what are the challenges and stuff? Since he are left you out. out. She's singling out the single women. I mean, I was like, who was that? <laughs> How is the single life for y'all? <laughs> That's right. That's not horrible. <laughs> but hey, our guess is to dating. I mean, we have the dating, but no, hold on. That that's not true because a lot of times as married couples, we forget to continue to date. And sometimes the downfall in our relationships is that we get together, we get married, we start doing life or whatever, trying to juggle and we forget to go dates. Like, and it's, it's very, very hard. Like right now, my husband thinks the only time we fix and go on a date is we go to the shooting range. Like that's, a, that's the only time I date this. And I'm like, I'm trying to go to the shooting range. But so dating, like what are some, some things that we can do? He's back. The man's back. No, I'm just saying. So what are some things that, that we can do for his date nights? I don't know. Pastor Jay, do, do you have an issue with that? Like still trying to date also, but finding dating things that are fun for for like you and your wife. Since they thought the married people will go first. Date night is important. Um, I think a lot of times what happens when you get married, you get comfortable and you get complacent and you stop dating each other. You start getting to a point where you're just a role and you're not going to the extra um, mile. You know, you're not opening the door no more. You're not enjoying conversations no more. It's either about bills or it's about um, the kids or whatever it is. And you don't have that excitement of what brought you guys together. So date night's crucial. I had to definitely learn that um, due to the fact um, I'm actually next month hitting 12 years. And it had to establish itself, I think, in year 10. We got back to going back, having date night because you get so consumed with work and and bills and and kids that you forget about your relationship. And that's why so many people after the kids are gone don't have a relationship because they lost their relationship while 
just maintaining. Yep. Yep. And so it's, it's actually, and then with us, we'll be celebrating 19 years in July. And again, dates are far and few between. And so then once it even comes to an idea of trying to figure out, that was actually what I was doing. I was trying to pick, pick y'all's brain to figure out what to do for a date night because Valentine's <laughs> coming up, right? And so I like- Yeah, my wife don't celebrate Valentine's. I just thought oh, about it. Okay. Valentine's should be every day. I'm, I, we we said that since we was started dating. That Valentine should be every day. You shouldn't just pick one day uh, to to do something nice. You, if you're in a relationship, when you first was dating, they did stuff nice every day, and they didn't call it a holiday. They didn't wait all year. I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait next year around the 14th. I'm gonna get you flowers. No, they bought you flowers. They took you oh, out to girl. dinner. Y'all did things. It, that's the things that you that a lot of people i guess you could say struggling because they be trash all year and then wait till valentine's day and then be like you know i love you that's very like let me take you out today i I think it's good for it to enhance i don't think you have to i think valentine's day could be every day if you're married but i think it's great to be able to say this date you know has been designated for those that you know we have you know that's what your anniversary is for yeah, but that's also, where you go all out for that you, you made all the meals. <laughs> if if you if you happy, you might get some um uh, ministries on, on Valentine's. You might be able that's to make what ministries. I call it. That's yeah. what I'm, and go into the chamber room and go in the chamber room and act right. So I mean, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, but I mean, I think that uh, you know, once you're married and and um you make small things mean a whole bunch. You make small things like, you know, even if you wait to the kids to go in the room and maybe you don't have a lot of money, put a blanket out in the middle of the front room and put some candles on and, you know, make a nice fruit tray, chocolate tray, have, you know, and just have good conversation, have your favorite drink, your favorite beverage, and just and set the tone, you know, set the tone, <laughs> make that a moment, you know? <laughs> You know, sometimes if there's something beautiful and you're driving and somebody has the kids or whatever, pull over, you know, pull over to the park, you know, um, take that picnic basket from the back seat, put the music on the radio and begin to walk down memory lane and talk about what you loved about each other back when and what you love about each other now and how that love has enhanced. So I think it's all a very beautiful thing. You know, I was married to a pastor for over 14 years. And so and uh, we're the best of friends now. We had some things that happened in our relationship and um, nobody stepped on on nobody. That's not anything like that. Just ministry. And sometimes the ministry will take tolls in your relationships, you know, and um, things like that. And sometimes at the end, if you're the type of lady I am, I'm I'm tired. So after I get tired and say, it's what it is. But nevertheless, um, you know, there's beautiful things and you just... It's the simple things that really make a world of difference in the marriage, you know. And I had that, so yeah. <laughs> what you say, Britt? Brittany? What is the question? <laughs> what is the original question was: What is the? Is there a difference between dating and Christian dating? Was that the original question? Well, or what just was like dating, like just going out because it's, it's certain things like. It's certain things that I think like once we were in the world, once we and my husband was in the world dating and going out looked at totally different than what it does now that we're a little bit more grounded, more mature. It's like, we don't go to the same places that we would have. 
and, and like I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like we would go to, we used to go to strip clubs and all that stuff together. Well, now that's not where we're going. We're not, <laughs> we're not fixing to do that. It's, it's not about to happen. And so things is different. But one of the challenges that many married couples have is dating and actually coming up with dating ideas. And so that's why I was kind of asking. I was actually just try, trying to pick y'all's brain on on dating things. Like, but I do think. Mm-hmm. Brittany, tell them, I think you want to expand on, you want to expound on what the difference is, because there's definitely, there's truly a difference between dating for those of us who want to date, um, that are single in the Lord. There is a difference because dating always has, um, a bottom line It's dating with an intention. It's, you know, you can go on a date and that can be just something that, you know, I'm just right now, I want to have good conversation I want to get dressed up. I want to feel like a lady or if it's a male, I want to smell good. I want to have grown up conversation. Uh, and when I say grown up conversation, I mean, if you have children, sometimes you're like, you know, it's not conversation on a certain level. I want to have nice, deep conversation, talk about things, you know, um, that's going in the world, talk about my dreams, maybe talk about some things that I have happened in life. And I want somebody to look good, smell good and have grown up, nice food, not happy meal. And sometimes You know, that's okay when you're dating, if that's where you are. I think when you're dating, you always should understand what the intention of that date is. Am I going just to have a good time with someone that is another believer that's not trying to uh, cross boundaries that I've set for myself? You know, can they respect who I am and what I'm doing here in this moment? Um, And if that's all it is, is but a moment, I'm explaining to you. You know, sweetheart, you're really cute. But after today, I'll talk to you sometimes next week or the week after. And that's what it is. Hmm. Or if it's the attention of, you know what, um, I'm looking to build my life with someone. I have some things, but I want to go to the next level. And so you're letting them know, but usually it should come from the male, what the intention of, of the date is. Are you dating with an intention to be married? And that's Brother Jason on the line. <laughs> Uh-oh. How y'all doing? Jay Spade, what's your ideal dream? I mean, date. Ideal, <laughs> ideal date. Ideal date night. Date will consist of music. Nice, nice poetry lounge spot. Jazz, nothing too loud, nothing too where I got to scream and holler and stuff like that. So just think of a, a Love Jones type type feel. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And if okay, anybody so- didn't know, welcome Jay Spate. Jay Spate, where can you be found? Uh, man, I can be found all over Las Vegas. <laughs> just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Facebook. I have Jay Spate. I have Out of Bounds Outreach. You can also find me on Instagram. Um, at that guy underscore JSP eight number eight twenty three. Well, everybody, welcome, Mr. J Spade. He is our newest addition to the Anointed Radio family. He does a lot of great things in the community. He actually hosts the Preachers versus Musician basketball charity game for breast cancer. And does a lot of great things here in Las Vegas. So it's definitely great to have him here on the team. So everybody give him a clap on up. So yeah, with that being said, um go ahead, Prophetess Tish. 
<laughs> With that being said, we will bring up our guest today, Miss Tracy Ready. Hold on once. There we go. Hello, hello. Tell everybody where they can find you at Miss Tracy. Um, you can find me anywhere online at um, Tracy Ready TV or uh, Soul Care for Single Black Women. Awesome. Well, with that, look, with that being said, <laughs> we're gonna go over to, to Brittany. <laughs> we're gonna go over to Miss Brittany so she can do our game. And then hey, maybe we can get back on to our dating topics since you are the dating coach, right? So yes. Brittany, I yield to you. All right, y'all. Tonight's game is the age-old game, this or that. Anointed Radio's favorite game they like to play. <laughs> so we're going to... Shots fired. <laughs> you said what? Shots fired. We're going to play it tonight. Um, but it is this or that what's worse edition. So between the two options that you get, you just say what you think is worse. Got that? Got that, Miss Tracy? Jay Spade? Everybody good to go? And it's, it's a game for everybody, so just spit out the answer. So here we go. What's worse, doing laundry or doing dishes? Laundry. 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 I got clothes in a dryer now. Thanks for reminding me. I need to wash clothes right today. I got clothes in the dryer and the wash right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, okay. Bad acting or bad singing? Bad singing. Bad singing for bad me. Singing. Yeah. Bad, bad singing. singing. Especially on Sunday morning. Don't do it. Ooh, I don't know. Like I love to hear good singers too, but bad acting. It's like a pet peeve watching something, and it's just the acting is just not there. <laughs> um, funky arms or funky breath? Ooh, well, I'm gonna smell your breath before I smell oh. your arms. Oh, okay, both. Either or, Jay. Breath. <laughs> breath. Ooh, Ooh, that breath. Time. Stone. That breath. Just, just back off with the breath. Right. Sometimes that back breath, the breath from the back, not all the way from the back, from the breath. back, from the back of the throat or the back tooth that need to be taken out. My God, Ooh, yeah, but that that at, I actually, like being in the car with them and like in the winter, once the windows have to be rolled up and you got the heat heat on, and then they start talking, you're like man, don't nobody ask them not near another question. Please don't say no. exactly. exactly, and don't give up cinnamon gum. Because cinnamon enhances the funkiness. I'm telling you that. Don't give them the cinnamon. Give them mint, but mint's still not gonna work. It'll help. It'll, It'll help a little bit. If I'm, are you, have you ever smelled some bad breath? And man, make your skin start to exfoliate. Nah, oh, I think we lost Tracy, but we'll bring her in after the game. If that's cool. So, uh, Brittany, I was gonna say this about you saying about bad acting. So you don't watch Tubi at all, then? No. <laughs> like with with bad got acting. some good movies on there. They beat they D movies. All, they all good it, movies. All movies. I all cannot it. do the bad. It, uh, it's like a I don't know. It just does something to me. It's like I can't do it. I cannot do bad. I can do bad singing better than I can do like watching that singing. Bad, bad acting, I can turn off. Bad singing, like sometimes you be in settings where you cannot turn off bad singing. And so you have to sit there and it's like torture. Like, come on, man. And then be and stuck then, I've, had I've had to sing with, you know, people who weren't so great. So I, I've learned to kind of, you know. Anyway, moving on. Leg cramps or neck cramps? 
What's the word? Ooh. A leg cramp or a neck cramp? I'm going to say neck cramp. I would say leg cramp. Charlie Horsby. Painful in the middle of the night in your calf, that cramp. Oh my gosh. That is painful. Yeah, that leg. I got, I got screws in my neck. Oh Ooh, my God. Whoa. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Dogs barking all night or the fire detector beeping all night. And no, you don't have the option to change Dogs. the batteries. Dogs. <laughs> I was about to say change that battery. Nope, nope. Taking that option away. <laughs> Well, I slept through that beat before. I know most black people. I have too. That. I didn't put me. It didn't lullaby me to sleep. Uh, right. <laughs> actually, I can't hear the beat because because I lost hearing, so I cannot even hear the beat. I I think both are trying to break up. Let me stop. I can't I'm, hear the beat. I'm so done that you're gonna be the broke down soldier today. Yep, I can I truly cannot hear it. And so I laugh at them because they be like, it's a fire, it's one of the batteries need to be changed. I'm like, I can't hear it. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> All right, we got Tracy back. Tracy, can you hear me? Yes. All right, here we go. That's now. Good job. All right, here we go. Not being able to get into your car or not being able to get out. I'm gonna say get out. I'm gonna say get in. in. I'm a little happy to get out. I'm hyperventilated right now. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm See, I'm the there. type I, I will come and sit in the car. That's me. Like me get away. So I, I actually pull up in my driveway and probably sit in my car for about 30 but you minutes. Can't get out. Out. Huh. Like when you're ready to get out, you can't you get cannot out. cannot get cool out with that. Oh, I would be that. more frustrated wanting to get in and just kind of mm-hmm. have my moment and can't get in. That yeah. would bother yeah. me more than so, being stuck. And I'm like, oh well, if I'm going to sit here another thirty minutes or however long, but why wouldn't one be able to get out of their car? It's just that this or that game, you know, choose worse. Explanations are not provided in this game. <laughs> it may be a situation. Maybe you snowed in that vehicle. Oh, and that's the way more. the Lord been moving on the land. You may be snowed in that vehicle. As long as the vehicle can still run, and I got my cell phone, I'm good. All right, Nick, just a few more. Um, uh, what's worse, constant coughing or constant hiccups? The coughing. Hiccups. The hiccups hurt. They do. Hiccups if you don't cough, especially if you got bad breath, that's <laughs> going back to the other one. Coughing with the bad breath every time you breathe out, I'm dying. I'm getting assaulted every time you breathe out. I'm being abused. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Next, smell of burnt popcorn or the smell of chitlins? chitlins. I love chitlins. Ugh. The smell though? I'm going to say chitlins. Give me some hot sauce. Chitlins. I'm ready. That's a throwaway item. The smell of popcorn and chitlins. 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 Like, right. I'm trying to say popcorn. <laughs> Y'all forgot I'm from Alabama. Y'all can't ask me questions like that. I'm straight. Like, <laughs> my family eats chitlins. I don't eat them. The smell is crucial. Next one, um, having too much company or bad company? Bad company. Bad, 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 company. bad company. Bad company. All right. Um, what's worse, a bad haircut or a bad dye job? Bad, bad haircut. All a day bad day. I've never dyed my hair, weave. so I guess a bad haircut. Is it a bad weave? I've had one before. I've had one before. Got you. All right. What's worse, loud neighbors or nosy neighbors? Nosy neighbors. I like my nose neighbors. I'm going to go with loud because if something happened to me by the next two hours, they would already have the uh, 
48 hours at the door. So I'm gonna, I like my nosy neighbor. I'm gonna go with the loud neighbors. I don't need to hear everything you got going on. I don't know what you watch your TV every night. I'm trying to go to bed at 6 30. You in the 6 30. <laughs> <laughs> I had I said 6 30. Tracy was like, she's like <laughs> Last one, last one. Um, physical, what's worse? Physical work or mental work? Physical. Ment mental. I'd rather be I'd rather be physically tired than mentally tired. Hmm. Agreed. Me too. Agreed. And that is it, guys. That is this or that. Woo! Your favorite uh, game. Our favorite you came through game. Again. <laughs> came through one more time. We ain't playing it next week now. No, I'm and then uh, one thing I wanted to put everybody, thank you everybody that's watching. While you're watching, make sure you share, like, subscribe. If you're watching from YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Twitch, and Twitter, go ahead and follow us. We're no longer on Facebook. Facebook will no longer get anointed radio, but clips. Um, so if you want to follow us, make sure you follow us on YouTube. You'll get to see all the great things and you could be able to subscribe and watch all of our previous shows and don't forget to download it on roku because we're on roku so watch it on your tv watch this on your tv once we're finished and follow us at lv anointed radio share like subscribe download the anointed radio app and if you want to be a blessing to the ministry go ahead and drop a coin in the cash app at anointed radio network that was your paid sponsor so miss tracy ready we're going to go ahead and go into your interview. So go ahead and tell the people, where is your hometown and where do you reside now? I um, am from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and I currently live in Los Angeles. Uh-oh. How was that? How was that? What was that change from Tennessee to L.A.? Mm -hmm. um, well, it wasn't a direct change from Tennessee. Um, I grew up, born and raised in Memphis, and then... Uh, back in 2013 or so. Um, well, actually, before then, <clears throat> it took me that long to be obedient. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, I up and left and went and moved to Dallas. And I lived in Dallas for eight years, met my husband within 30 days of being there. Um, and then we just moved to L.A. June of 2021. July, July of 2021. Okay. Complete God thing. It all it was all all the moves were God things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. So I when did you, you know your husband was the one? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, that's a great question because I know we used to grow up asking that to the older women and you know, or to the married women, and they're just like, You'll just know, baby, you'll know. Um, mm -mm. we ain't I didn't just know. Uh, but I, <laughs> I didn't just know. But you know I what, Danny, I'm still guessing. No, I'm just well, thank was, you for your honesty. We the right one. But um, what th the thing that I can look back and say, what made me comfortable with moving forward with him in that way is that unlike anyone else I'd ever talked to, he was always moving toward me. He was always. In, for lack of better words, facing me. And um, if there was a conflict, he's coming toward, whereas in the past, conflict was almost introduced into relationships to start some drama so that we could go our separate ways. Um, and so if anything came up, he he was always ready to lean in and 
you know, uh, and work through it and, and move toward it. And hey, what's going on with you? And how are you feeling about it? And um, yeah, that's that's the thing when people ask me that. That's the one one thing I can point to to say that's something that separated him from everybody else and kind of got my attention. Uh, I'm kind of not one who believes in the the one uh, principle or theory or whatever. I, I don't know that everybody has a one specific person that you got to connect to. And it's, it's, it's all from uh, ungodly <laughs> sources that hold the one concept. So I don't, I don't really prescribe to that, but I know what people mean when they say that. So what yeah. was your learning lesson um, finding out that that was the person for you? Oh, well, and welcome to the show. Oh, so <laughs> here's the story. Um, so basically my, my path leading up to him um, started way before I ever knew he existed. And it started with a breakup also in 2013, earlier that year, with the guy who I'd been dating for a few years, or, uh, for about a year and a half, two years. And um, the eye roll for me is the eye roll. It was the eye roll and the lean back. It was the kind of like it was a whole body language for me. Oh, I listen. I'm so animated. I'm trying to control myself because y'all see my, you know, dignified and stuff. I'm trying to act dignified. We good. We good. I'm trying to. Keep I'd it all in. Have, have you watched any of our shows? We haven't watched the show. She said, think about now. Have you watched it? We act up. Now, y'all, I can see y'all cut up. I see y'all cut up. But no, so this, this breakup happened. But even my process of becoming, becoming one, becoming someone that someone could love uh, started way before I met even that guy. Uh, my process started with with a woman at church telling me, prophesying to me, coming to me three different times uh, and telling me that God had a good husband for me. And I was very much not into it. I wasn't interested. <laughs> I was living my life. I was doing my thing. I was having fun. I was going to school. I was doing all these things. And it just wasn't something that was interesting to me. And, and I had a little trauma associated with that because all my growing up years, uh, pastors would, would say, uh, people would say, marriage is hard work. It's hard work. And so I was like, why would I want to sign up for hard work? So no. So I didn't, I, I, I wasn't interested in getting married. All my friends couldn't wait to meet their person, but I, I could wait. I could wait. Uh, but that third time the, the mother came to me and she said that God had a good husband for me. I got convicted and I went home and I prayed and I said, God, actually I went to my car. We was at the church. And I went to my car and I was like, okay, God, if this is true and you do have this husband for me, prepare me to receive him because I'm I'm really, I'm really not interested. And um, and God started doing that just that very thing, starting with telling me that I hated men. That was the first revelation. I asked him to show me me, and he showed me that I hated men. And then he also explained to me, or or with his with gracious his self, allowed me to understand why, though. It was because all these instances and situations that had happened that led up so i didn't really like hate men like knowingly it was a it was a resistance a wall between us um and so he started with that seed that had been planted many years ago and it blossomed into what's now a program that i teach other single women so so yeah it, it was a long process um 
healing and doing all the things to be ready to receive this this good husband. There you go, right there. Can I can I, can I ask what does that look like? <laughs> what was that, Jay? I said, can I ask what does that look like? You you said something about hating men. What what does that look like? Oh yes, um, it, it my hate showed up as defensiveness, and so. If a guy tried to speak to me in the grocery store, I'm like, what? Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, and I was very much, I'm going to get you before you get me, you know? Um, and, and when I said get, I'm, let me tell you about the first incident where I felt like I could get got. <laughs> okay. I was about 10 years old. We had a, a little corner store up in the neighborhood I grew up in. My family would order food from there. And, you know, back in the day, a, a kid could still walk up there pretty safely, you know, and I would go up there to pick up the food. And this one day that I went, um, there was these two guys. And mind you, again, I'm about 10 or 11 years old, 10 or 11. These two guys, mid twenties, maybe thirties. I don't know. Everybody looked old then. And, um, and they started making comments about my body. They started saying things about, Oh, I know somebody hitting that. And, you know, all these different things. And, and I was just like, what I, I don't even know i know what they're talking about but i don't know i don't know like i ain't into i'm a church girl i don't i'm not into all this and so but even beyond that i'm hearing them say all this stuff and i'm like this fear is rising up in me because i'm thinking am i gonna even be able to leave out of here or you know are they going to attack me are they going to snatch me am i gonna make it home like i was terrified compound that incident with countless other incidents. I've always looked older and shaped older than I was, you know. So that incident times years of many, many of those incidences and nowhere to process that, nobody to talk to about that. Uh, I, I never went back up to that. I obviously made it home safely, but I never went back up to the store. My family never knew why. They just knew I, I, I wasn't going, I, no, I'm not going up there, especially not by myself. And um, and yeah, so the hate became the hate rose out of that, those incidences. And and yeah, it was very much a don't speak to me. Don't say nothing to me. Stay away from me. Don't get too close, you know, unless I know you and invite you. Don't you come over here because mm -hmm. I'm going to chop your head off. And I did. Mm -hmm. When you said discharge, <laughs> I did that. When you said that you uh God showed you that you hated men, the men on here got a little a little shocked. Jay leaned in a little bit, head cocked to the side. Like, uh, I like, but to to hear to hear that said today from single women how much they are not how much they hate men and how many men are uh pursuing them very aggressively pretty much how she just explained and they're tired of the same games and they get to the point of they do hate men and they don't want to be bothered they they they, they want to be left alone pretty much and it could it like she like what she just explained it sound like it was from trauma at a young age like i would be extremely fearful of uh women if that happened to me like boy you you sure is growing up at 13 years old right Ooh, yeah, well, I was going to manage at 13, so I probably would be like, yeah, that's what's... And then just thinking about that, it made me sit here and think, I have a daughter, and I would have been furious because, like, sitting here saying, you know, first of all, we don't live in that world no more that we could send our kids up there because of how the world is. Right. But just sending my child to... Because I worked at the high schools 
they got grown men outside the high schools doing the exact what you just said, sizing kids up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always said, yeah. people talk about R. Kelly, but they don't talk about the R. Kelly that's in their neighborhood. Come on. Because there's a lot of people or in their that, family. Or in their family. Oh the God. Family. And and that traumatizes a lot of people. And I really feel like um the early, I would say the 90s, I mean, just from my experience, a lot of people that grew up in the 90s had no protection, which caused them to have this defense mechanism of like protecting their innocence, protecting their mindset. And like what you said hit me hard. You went back home and had nowhere to process it because you didn't know who to talk to to process this whole thing. So you internalized it. When people internalize things, you turn that into, I don't like that. I hate that. Like, and you, you get so, like you said, defensive. Like I, it's kind of like survival mode. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to Mm -hmm. let myself get in that situation to get caught slipping or Mm -hmm. be in a place where I could be in a situation where I'm uncomfortable again. And it's kind of like a form of PTSD where you sit there, like any trigger from certain situations, you automatically own, you know, a hundred, like, bro, we fighting. What? what? Right. Right. Say what? You don't know me. I'm crazy. You know? Exactly. (laughs) So I think that is something that's very deep because especially because a lot of us grew up with what happens in this house stays in this house. And a lot of times we brought stuff in the house and we couldn't talk to nobody in the house. So it, it stayed in the house and we didn't know how to process it. So little childhood traumas, came into our adult mannerisms of how we deal with things. Yes, absolutely. I actually had that mentality as well of hating men. And it was, it was more so because by the age of 18, I had been molested by five different people and gang raped twice. And so by the time I had started to grow up, my thing was I hated men. It was nothing that a man could do for like the people that hurt me the most in my life were men. And so, mm-hmm. and so that was the mentality. So by the time I got into the military, I had this, this different alter ego thing that was going on as a female, especially as a, in a motor pool in an all male thing to where I had, I had this toughness. I mean, my mouth was potty. Was it not <laughs> Jay? Like my mouth was. She was, she was not speaking the, the tongues that she talks now. No, definitely was, <laughs> and it was, it was that thing of how, how you saying like, let me go in and basically let me go in and flex so they don't see a sign of weakness and think they can come at me wrong or think they can come at me sideways or disrespect me. Like, mm-hmm. let me not show any vulnerability to make someone feel as though they they have that opportunity. Yeah, and so it was kind of my protective mechanism of of showing like, hey, let me be show y'all that, hey, I, I'm just as macho as y'all. My mouth is just as foul as y'all. My attitude is just mm-hmm. as worse. And that's how that's how I was in the military or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I actually started healing from the traumas and stuff a little bit later that I was able to calm down and come out of that. But it came into some deep soul healing because it was so, it, I had forgiven the actions, but I did not forgive the emotions that were attached to the you, thing. you are talking. You are talking. Did that come and did that turn over into your adult life? Like, did it? Is it? Oh, it affected my marriage bad. Really? Oh, you was able yeah. to get married, and even though you were 
Well, I did not. I did not realize that I was more than just sex until probably like year three. And then I found a new word that I could say no to having sex. And so it was just like, a uh, nope, 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 which opened our, our marriage into infidelity and stuff. And so it like it, it spilled over and it was toxic. Like I've I've went into homosexuality for a while. I've, I've left my husband for a female before. Like it's like it has been. It, it was very toxic, very toxic. I wanted to ask a question um, because so when you have the childhood trauma and it looks pretty much the same, don't you think for men that you might hate women, that you might, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, um, like them, you might love them and physically, but you don't want them to tell you nothing as far as how to be a gentleman or what they want from you. OK, Pastor Jay. You turn hyposexualized um, and you objectify a lot of situations um, coming from a point where um, growing up with a single mom and seeing how my mama would like deal with dudes. I would be like, nah, I would never let that ever happen to me. And when I went through the I guess you could say the growing up phase of finding myself as a man, because a lot of times I didn't get that perfect example where I came from to see what a, a real man was opening doors. And all. I learned that from honestly to church people. But when I got saved and saw people in church, I learned the, how to have ethics and how to have morals and have, have all that. I didn't see that at home. I saw mm-hmm. uh, women get beat, women not talk back. I didn't seen uh, infidelity. <laughs> I didn't seen uh, get, cussing them out. Don't talk back to me. That's what I grew up with. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it wasn't more of like I hate women. Nah, I just didn't see them um, as them. I saw Pat. I, it was objectification. I could just put it like that from my point of view. For like I, I like this person because of this situation, and I'm going to like. <laughs> um, I don't know why that's flashback. That, um, so like when I first joined church. One thing I can say, my Lord, and I joined the church as a teenager. Church girls were way more advanced than I was. And what happened was. What had happened. You you thought that it was a standard when you joined the church. But then it turned back to objectification even after I, I was saved. Because I thought that this person would hold themselves to have a standard, but then they was worse than the, the worldly girls. And I was just like, it, it, it made you trigger back to like, well, now, and, and this is what's happening in, in normal church today. You're like, well, I just got to save face yep. at church, but then I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a hellion and I'm a hoe Monday through Saturday. And the sad part about it is that shows you that, it showed to me that I had to not go based off what I see with people. I need to start my own boundaries, my own healing, my own understanding why I'm doing these things. Because when I finally got married, I pulled in a lot of stuff. First of all, like Sergeant Sheeran, I was in the military when I got married. That's the worst place. If you have unhealed trauma, because they give you two things. They give you addictions. They give you anger and they give you a whole bunch of testosterone to, to, you know, toot your own horn and it doesn't help you heal it makes you spiral more so Mm i I just want to make a announcement for all people listening in um 
if you are dating someone that's in the military, in the services, it gives them ammunition to carry on. Let this be your public service announcement for free. Right. Take right. They are the biggest hoes. And toxic. I'm serious. The divorce rate is high because in the military, if there's a whole lot of unhealed people going through stuff and they taught to push your stuff aside, you're not, don't worry about your emotions, do the job. Adapt and overcome. To do the mission. So there's alcoholics, there's people on drugs, there's people that sexaholics, there's people, all these things that's happening and they're not healing themselves. Go ahead, Jess. Isn't that the same thing that's in the church? Facts. I was about to say that's literally everywhere. You could ask a group of attorneys, group of officers, group of shoot, teachers, yeah. doctors. Everybody's got those people who are setting aside the, their core so they can perform in whatever capacity that is, whether that's to be perfect at church or to just be you know, doing their job at work. So it's not, it's not limited. I don't think to us. It's like, it's like we have a form of godliness, a, fo a form of, of, of a, a soldier and a form of, and we're so used to walking around with a mask on the world, seriously. And then once people actually had to put on the mask and actually had to sit in the home by themselves and had to sit with themselves, they realized they didn't like themselves because now it was not a time to they could break away and put on this fake this fake thing or facade for everyone else and escape from their actual reality. They actually had to deal with the issues in their home. They actually had to deal with the issues in their heart, had to deal with actually the, the soul. And it, it wasn't like as a lot of people, they end up in depression in a pandemic because they had to sit with self. And they did not, they did not the have to break away. Pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it, expo it exposed a lot of soul wounds. I want to, I don't know what the right word is, Pastor Jay said about, oh no, we didn't hate women, we just objectified them. And I was saying under my breath, that's hate, because your objectification led me to hate. Love don't produce hate, so it led me to hate you, essentially, you know what I'm saying? Um, because that's what, what was happening, objectification. And when you objectify, my husband mm -hmm. says all the time, or he used to say all the time, he still says it, but we're married now. <laughs> but um, he says you can't, you know, objectify and or make people or uh, coerce someone into sex and say that you love them. He's like, that's, that's, that's bumping heads. Is it really coercion or, or, or is there like... Or, or even participate, participate. Yeah. Because he, he also said something else. He said that when you got to church, you thought it was going to be a standard and you were shocked. And oh my God, now I'm back to objectifying until you got to the point where you're like, okay, despite what they do, church or out of church, in church or out of church, I got to do for myself. And that's you know, the thing. And I feel yeah. like, oh, this is going to a whole nother space, but I kind of feel like that's where we kind of fail our brothers in the in the fold um, because we put so much pressure on women. Women, y'all need to clothe them legs. Y'all need to do this. And wear stockings. Wear stockings, like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but um, but do all these things, which and I mean, we got to do our part of what we have to do for us. But I sometimes think the brothers don't because it's so heavily on us to do. Uh, they don't have to or don't. Like, let me ask you guys. Did anybody growing up tell you 
what I know is the opposite. But anybody grow up telling you, hey, protect your body, your virginity, uh, hey, save it, don't be spreading all around. No. And so they that's told me that. They tell them to use a rubber and they tell us to close our no. legs. That's what they uh, say. At church, right? My, my, my mother, my mother um, highly, yeah. highly spoke of uh, purification, being pure, being a virgin until you get married. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell my kids now, um, if I could have waited until I found that right one, I wouldn't have done it because I spent many, many years skirt tracing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It, I, I really do believe that sex is absolutely ordained for marriage because it's almost like a drug, right? It's like mm -hmm. a drug. And you want to get that same feeling probably by every female that you run across. And That's you know, it's crazy, like what Jay said, how much time was wasted? Like I sit there and I think about how much time and money I wasted on somebody I knew I did not uh, want to go to that level of being married. And then like Simi said, my intentions, I knew it was just to have sex. I'm just going to yeah. be honest with it. And when it happened, I had like the boomerang effect. I'm going to be real because when you have trauma, you are you instantly once you get what you went for you get dismissive to people who gave it to you. And it's just kind of like, I, I know one thing that my mom, the only thing my mom really told me is just because my mom was a teenage mom is that do not have kids in high school. Enjoy your life. Enjoy high school. Go, you know, I was a football player. She said, enjoy ball, enjoy the prom, enjoy every aspect of what it means to be a teenager because you only get to do it once. Don't rush into this adulthood stuff because it's going to be the same stuff anyway so enjoy your childhood so i that was the only thing my mom ever asked me to do so i held to that and that was something i was like okay cool and i never did it i didn't have kids till i got married so it was just like it if those conversations happened more because i feel like like what you said going back to internalizing when we are introduced to certain situations at school and uh, certain situations in peer pressure, uh, certain situations of trauma and had somewhere to unpack it and fully understand it to our level. I feel like a lot of different choices would be made instead of us trying to guess and figure it out ourselves, because I know a lot of times I was just trying to figure it out because everybody just told me, don't do it. Why not do it? I was the wire. Even in church, they was mad. I almost got kicked out of church because I was like, but why, though? Why? why? Yeah. And no one liked to answer why, which could have helped me because I'm, I'm a vision. Everybody's a different learner. I'm a <laughs> visual learner. I need you to show me the pathway. Like, well, if how I started to work out, I did 10 push-ups. You gave me the exact things I needed to hear, and I'm going to try it and see if it works. Not know, well, you just work out. What, what worked for you? You know, and it's mm. same thing when it came into church. No, everybody was holier than that. But nobody told me how they got out to where they was at and coming in as a teenager and not having my parents in church. I didn't have nobody to go talk to because, first of all, I couldn't go talk to uh I, I was fronting in church as a teenager because I was like, you know, all the church kids, they was horrible. Oh, my God. They because I wasn't having a daddy that's a pastor or a deacon or whatever. They was like, oh, you're not really no church kid. And then I can't go home because they're not even checking for church. So it's just kind of like you trying to figure out how is this journey in Christ? Like we as Christians tell people 
hey, walk this journey. But what it look like? Like, there's some people that really want to know what it looked like. And that, and that's in all aspects, especially when even talking about in dating. Oh, you're going to find that one. That is so generalized. Like, who's the one? What I should look for? Should I work on self? Should I learn how to be able to be by myself before I have to always depend on having company? Because that's a that's a bad form to have, too. There's a lot of things I feel like is not. How do um, I date myself? Right. How, I don't, a lot of people it. don't even know what they like. Be yeah, honest. But the problem is they have they don't even say how do you date one was how are you gonna say how do you date one the one where some of us done had one two three four five six seven eight nine ten okay some times, of us times, had one two three four five six so how how is it the one we need to and the problem is in the church the problem is is that we lack transparency we had this discussion before I mean. It took my grandmother, my mother had me at a young age too. My mom was a teen mom and she was really smart. And there were some things that happened that how I came about, which, okay, that's all, that's fine. But my grandmother was the one that say, well, Sammy, you know, these boys going to start looking good to you. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh yeah, I know what you're saying, grandma. If it wasn't for grandma, you know, I would have been the type I, my grandmother said back in the day, my grandmother had her first child at 14. She said, she said her husband was 20 something. She said back then they didn't explain to you, you married who you marry. Um, she said they didn't explain to you about uh, sexual relations. They didn't tell you, you did what the man said. So my grandmother said, I'm about to tell you everything. The stuff they didn't tell me, I'm gonna tell you. And if it wasn't for my grandmother, I don't know what I would have done. But that's what we need. We need more people in the church like grandma, big mama, Stop putting on a front and say, hey, baby, are you interested in boys? Let's talk about that right now. Hey, baby, you look like um, you sitting up there chasing them skirts. Let's talk about what that look like and why you chasing those skirts. What you trying to do? Those conversations are so imperative because they really, the things that we're doing, the things that we're discovering about ourselves, the way that men are objectifying us, the way that women are looking at, young girls are looking at men, for, because they miss a daddy figure, all those things. If we have somebody to start being transparent, we might can make some. Um, we might can get, have some healing at an earlier age. You but know, instead, everybody quiet fronting, and it's it just a domino effect. Mm -hmm. I think we have an advantage that they didn't have because now we're all leaning into therapy, and we're all leaning into this whole self discovery mm -hmm. thing. They just didn't really have those kind of like that. Just don't do it, and that's it. You, you know, no wise, no anything, no, no depth to it. So, I mean, this generation, um, I feel is going to 20 years from now, I think, I think, I think things might start to look a little different because now you got folks like us sitting here having conversations about it, who I would imagine we now charge ourselves to get offline and say, let me go find a young person had this conversation. And so I think things are going to start to kind of have that effect where we're going to see it look different than, than it did when we were coming up 20 years ago versus 20 years to come. Okay. Because conversations are being had now. We know what to say. We didn't know what to say. And, and that's a question too for everybody. When you were in your heyday mm, of cutting up, could someone have said something to you to make you stop? And what could they have said? My grandma did. My, my grandma is what kept me from actually was what stopped me from messing with this married man at one point because she was she was telling me she said that 
for years she had dated a married man mm. and and I mean, and she was just like, I want you to know that you're special enough to have a man of your own, that you don't mm-hmm. have to share anybody. I mean, she said, I did it for years. Don't make the same mistakes. And it was yeah. just something about that. And I, I left that person alone after that. Like I kind of finally broke off. But that's what the conversation with my grandmother is made is what made me realize, oh, you're worthy to actually have a, per- a man of your own. Yeah, I was married, but we were separated during this time. And anyway, that's a whole other story. We a whole same book. I, I, actually, I want to go back to the word that, that everyone keeps using is objectify, which means that you're pretty much degrading a female. I don't think I've ever degraded a female, right? And, and the reason why I say that, I mean, even though you know my my uh, what's the word I'm looking for, my objective wasn't just to smash, wasn't just to do X, Y, and Z. It was, to, it was, it was platonically fun, right? I, I know it don't, it don't look right church-wise, it don't look right in the church or whatever it is, but that's what it was. I, th- there was nothing that anybody could tell me because I got married at a young age. Uh, I got married at 22, very young, very immature. Nobody could tell me, hey, you need to stop doing X, Y, Z. It was something that had to click in my mind and say, you know what? You've been doing this way too long. You probably need to chill out. You know, you had your kids watching you, right? And 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 you say that you're you're carrying the mantle of Christ. So you're making Christ look get, look bad, and you're also making men look bad because you're not willing to settle down per se. So I don't I don't consider that degrading of uh, objectifying women when it's a mutual thing between two individuals. Sure. I would say to this, I what you're saying. I, for me, I would say it because I went into something knowing that the person wanted something that I could not give them. Cause I wasn't going to, to give uh, so be you, a husband. Did you tell so, them that? Did you tell yeah, them that? I did. And, okay. it, uh, and to me, and, I feel and like then, you're being open and they devalue themselves by allowing that knowing that you have straight up told them, Hey, I, I, I'm married. I'm not leaving my wife. Like this is, this is just, if you openly tell me, Hey, I'm, I'm nothing more than a side piece, side chick. And I'm okay with it. Cause let's be honest. There's some women that like I was that were okay with being the side piece, being a side chick or whatever. And so at that point you didn't devalue me. I devalued myself at that point of thinking that I was blessed to not even have that man of my own. And so I think sometimes that's that's a weight that you probably have carried that you should not have because at the same time, we're grown. And so I have a responsibility for my actions as well. So if I decide that I want to be the side piece, if I make a, if I make a conscientious decision to sleep with you, knowing that you're married, because it's a lot of women, especially in the church, because to us, we, it's like, oh, it is nothing more more attractive than a godly man. And so we come, they come after the men in the church or whatever because of it. Now you're devaluing yourself, thinking that you have enough uh, in between your legs to be able to make this man pull away from his wife. And what happens is the 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 female part and the male part it begins to mix feelings, and they do not they do not account for that or where after a while you're doing that stuff or whatever. And it does mix feelings. You are tapping into each other's soul and I, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. But yeah, like I do think 
you know, women, we have to be accountable for our own actions as well and realize that everything is not the men because there's some of us that are more skilled at cheating than what the men are anyway. It's a game that y'all created and we perfected. And so, like, I just, <laughs> like, I never got caught. I told on myself just, just out of two feet, just to one up you, like, why you was the opposite, the whole little thing. No, you didn't get it from, uh, from Keisha. You got it from Walter. Like, <laughs> I'm glad, not her quoting that movie. <laughs> For real, that's what she did. But you know what? And sometimes it's not even about, I think that everything is spiritual. And, you know, um, when we put ourselves in a, in a, um, you know, a compromising position like that, it's not so much other people. It's nothing like you, like Trace, it's not things that are the, uh, the external things. It's things that's really going on within us, mm-hmm. you know, and we are medicating or we are finding a way to deal with things in a very soulish way. We're not dealing with things in a spiritual way. We're dealing with things. Um, this is what it's going to take. So, a lot of times, mostly everything is really, it's spiritual. It's yeah. spiritual why I'm having um, sex with you. And it's not just the men. Some It's some Malikas, the super freakers out there in the church. It is so not just me. <laughs> Malika, the super freak out there, she like, I know what I want to do. This is what I'm so, doing right I'm now. Anita Howitz. I'm a, yeah, okay. This is what I'm doing. God, I know I believe in you, but I need this. Not Anita Howard. I just realized what you said. <laughs> I don't my mic. I ain't gonna say nothing else. Oh, Adina, she had the spirit of Adina Howard in her. She had the yeah, Howard. yeah, Adina Howard. But one thing I, I definitely want to say is, and going back into um, your your soul t- detox program, is I feel like a lot of times it's we got to look at ourselves and know why we do what we do a lot of people on autopilot and then blaming everybody else no you doing a lot of things because you wanted to do it like one thing i tell people i i, I remember uh someone came to my church and i said well you wanted to do it right no someone no you wanted to do it right yes, if smoke, you right, wanted to do it i respect you more than say that i wanted to do it and that at that moment i felt like doing it than you to say well because the situation and this and blame it on someone else because at the end of the day you wanted to do it Nobody can force you to do something you can. That Big Mama has said that for years. Everybody, Big Mama said, nobody can force you to do something you don't want to do. So at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of times we have to just figure out what, what, um, what we, what, what is our why? You know, speaking about it, what is our why? Why do we do this? Why do we act this way? Why do we resort back to this habit? Why do we resort back to this mindset? Why do we act this certain way and things like that? Um, So what about the soul detox program? Go ahead and break that down. Well, the soul detox, um, like I said, was birthed out of my experience, which, like I said, started years before there was ever even any thought of a soul detox. There was the the revelation that I hated men, there was that that healing that took place like almost instantly. And the, what I find is that people, when you have that big breakthrough moment, um, and I knew I had had a breakthrough moment because one, I didn't want to hate men. That wasn't, when, when that came to me, I cried and prayed all literally night. Um, and, and I was like, God, that's not my desire. It's not my, that's not my heart. It's because I, I didn't, ca- I wouldn't call it hate. I thought I was just protecting myself. I didn't think I was hating. It was just, it's just, um, no, it wasn't that. I'm, I'm just 
protected me. And so a lot of things we would we just wouldn't even call hate that it would be. Um, but the next day I went to a restaurant and there were there were a group of guys there. Typically, I would have either left or tried to avoid them like the plague. Uh, it was a buffet, went up to the buffet, me and this guy, he ended up up there too. And I normally would have soldiered up, got ready to attack. Um, but I knew I couldn't do that anymore because God told me I couldn't do that no more. Um, while I prayed and cried all night. This is within 24 hours. And this man spoke to me and he said, uh, he said, uh, he, he was just talking, having small talk. And he stopped and he was like, you know what? You are so kind. He was like, um, Normally when we're in this area is a motorcycle group, so I guess they travel. And he was like, normally when we're in this Memphis area, the women are so mean, they are so snappy at you, and dot 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 dot. And I was like, oh my God, sir, that would have been me just yesterday. <laughs> and I just started testifying because I'm still like that. Uh, somewhere that man telling this story, but anyway, um, but yeah, so. I knew that I had experienced a deliverance, but it's, and what I find is that people experience that high moment that, oh my gosh, this part is, is better. And they don't think that there's anything else to do. That was not the ending of my journey. That was the beginning of my journey. And so fast forward through a couple of the heartbreaks and things and all that. Uh, and then that last heartbreak where God set me down. I had been to school then. I had gotten my master's degree. I knew I needed more than just, okay, I'm just going to push on and keep moving after this breakup. And and then the guy broke up with me. We, you know, parted ways. And God literally took me through not just the mental health of it, not just the, oh, you know, let me process the feelings. Let me deal with the disappointment. Let me do feeling word exercises. Not just that. He took me to the deeper things that were going on in there. Like this guy was cool and all, but I was never messed up about a guy. So I literally was like, God, why am I so messed up about this? Like I, I find somebody else, I mean, you know, and um, God just started to unfold all these inner things that I didn't really in all that healing that had taken place, talking to a therapist, doing all that, all that healing that had taken place, I still wasn't whole. Mm -hmm. I still wasn't whole because the, the whole was still in my soul. Like she said earlier uh, about the emotions were not dealt with. We, we confuse feelings and emotions. They're not the same. Emotions are that deeper space within you that that is almost like subconscious feelings that you could choose, you could choose your feeling. Uh, Pastor Jacob walk in the room and one of us is happy and the other one's upset. That, uh, you know, and you could choose to be different based on things that have happened. But that emotion that seeps in after the event happened and just sticks itself on you, that's the stuff that the soul detox deals with. That's the stuff. I, that's the questions we deal with that, that get fine answers to. Those are the layers we peel back in the soul detox. It's a 12-week program and it's, I mean, it's literally changing people's lives. Um, and that when you deal with that, it changes things. It literally changes things. I have yet to work with a woman who completed the full program and, and followed all the instructions, um, who had, who didn't experience a life-changing event. Dating is, I say I'm a dating coach, y'all, but I, re I really ain't. I'm a soul care coach is what I am, but don't nobody know what that means. <laughs> but we use dating as a tool because the way you show up in dating is an indicator 
of some of that stuff going on in your soul. So it's just one of the most more prominent relationships. And since that's how my soul journey, care journey came through, you know, that's the vehicle that I use too is, is people's dating habits and, and kind of survey their dating life and we go from there. But um, but yeah, that's that's how it how the program goes. How often is the soul wounds connected to childhood? Most times, not every single time, because I have some clients who had really great childhoods and things like that. Um, the soul wounds come do come through relationships, but it either come through the people we choose or the people we didn't get to choose. So some people, you know, it may come through a work thing or you know, neighbors or something like that. People we didn't choose. Family, it may come through that. But for some of us, it came through who we chose. The people that we allowed ourselves, friendships, dating relationships, ex-husbands and wives, you know, things like that. So, um, yes, I was going to come through a relationship, but maybe not always, not always 100% childhood. Hasn't been in my experience with people I work with. Um, In your healing, um, does it take uh, the 12-week program um, does it take about 12 weeks, you think, the three months? Is that like a normal time to start seeing some healing? Or um, is that just the beginning of the healing process? Or do you, you know think start seeing um, some healing? That's a really good question. So the program started off 10 months um, because I had a test group too. I was, let me back up a bit. When I went through that healing journey and uh, he broke up with me and I was just sitting there, I also... <clears throat> A week later, lost my job. And so while I'm processing all the things and stuff is coming to me, I felt God speak to me and say, write this down because I'm going to use you to teach it to other singles. And so fast forward, um, the program started at 10 months. We we did one section per, uh, per month. Uh, I took it to six months and now we're down to three months. Uh, because what I'm learning is if you go ahead and lock into the program, it can work for you quickly. I'm trying to do it over a weekend. Um, <laughs> that's my next thing. I wait, wait, Miss Miss Tracy, Miss yeah. Tracy, hold on. Let me. Are you saying there is a possibility that just as Jesus rose in three days, you can rise out of the graveyard of depression and heartache, and that's what you try to accomplish in three days? And Jesus could do a cake. Jesus doing this. He doing it for the six months and the 12 weeks. He doing it anyway. So, hey. <laughs> we can't hear you, Providence Tish. Oh, I would say it comes with a mindset shift. And so yeah. it's quick because it's certain things that I came out of with just a, a thought. And that thought shifted my mind. And so it allowed me to begin to do that healing process on my own to where just like, wait a minute, you got to change the way you talk to yourself. Quickly, my mind shifted to be more accountable of my, of how I'm talking to myself and be aware of it. And so my mind shifted a mindset. That's a lot of people are going, you know, for us, the mindset shifts, right? And so my mind shifted, which allowed that healing to come forth because now I'm looking and saying, hold on. And I'm asking myself questions at this point. And keep it in holding myself accountable to self. So it, it, it some of it does happen that way for me. For me, some of it did. Yeah. It's so very, what? Very able. So what's your next project coming up? Oh well, 
I would, I would, oh boy. In three days. <laughs> but he got up in three days. See, got up in three that days. is that is one thing that I'm, I would love to do is work with somebody. They're going to need a week to do one part of it or some time to do one part of it. Um, but um, so it, it may be like two weekends, but it's, I think it's very possible if we could get the right people together um, in a weekend, we could do it. But for me, my next thing that I, that that's really on my heart is to, is to get more exposure, uh, more exposure in that I would love to turn this into a show of some sort. I used to say all the time, Ayala, but, but with, with my program as the, as the, as, with the soul detox as the kind of thing that um, guides our work together. I would love Come to on feature over, over to Anointed Radio TV. Come on, on over to the Anointed Radio TV. Networks. Come yes. on over to the Anointed Radio Network and, 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 and put that show on. That's right. Listen, <laughs> tell me more. Go ahead and hit Prophetess Tish. And, 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 TV and, and, at Anointed Radio dot com just wow email, email me we'll we'll we can talk about that sure thing I, I, I do think it would be an awesome show though for real i do too and for the single people i'm just gonna say what does it healing look like for me on this other end i have you know i, I i'm not gonna tell all my business but i will tell you some <laughs> you know i was married for over 14 years to a pastor we have a wonderful friendship because I, I really believe in forgiving people. Um, I look at things spiritual. So you can't, you know, if you can't forgive your brother, how can the Lord you serve forgive you? You know, you have to be able to forgive people. And sometimes that take work and that looks like that looks different for different people. I can actually talk to you, say hi, have dinner and this, and I'm okay with that. But the healing is, I love what you said about how it starts in the inside. It's about really taking the things that you have given to other people a lot of times when you're angry with people, you're giving them a lot of energy. Um, you're giving them a lot of thought. Why not take that energy and that thought and put it back in yourself? You know, um, and it's really about doing a lot of, um, like you say, the self, the soul care, a lot of self-love. You know, when somebody hurts you, I like to write down, what is it that they, how did they make me, how did this person make me feel? What was good about them? What wasn't so good about them? What do I need to do for myself and how do I need to get there? And I'm telling you, once you start loving yourself, you may not, you may find that it might be hard to ever want to share your closet space and, and don't let the blood bless you with some good finances coming in uh, and, and all your needs is met. You might not, you don't need nobody to pay your bills. You don't need that income. And don't, and don't, and don't let the Lord just love on you and give you joy for no reason. You just walking around the house you got a home that you pray for. Your home is clean. Your bills is paid. You could go on a vacation and you feel the love of God. And you just realize everything I need, I have is the Lord. I didn't have some bad relationships. I didn't been used and abused. I might as well let the Lord use me if I'm going to be used up. I'm telling you. So I'm just saying it's good and bad and everything. You got to take, you got to take the good with the bad. But even when it's bad, God is growing you if you learn from it. But I'm just going to say, it's a nice life being single. My bathroom stay clean. Glory be to God. I know where my money is. I got peace and I don't argue with nobody but myself. So usually I win. 
I was gonna ask who won that battle when you've been arguing with yourself, but still, still say, huh? So, so um, one thing I think that is, is something that's deep, I think everybody could take away is that sometimes we deserve the love that we always give away to everybody else. We deserve that love to ourselves too. Like we are so crucial. We are so particular. We are so harsh with yourself. And it's just like what she said with the mind shift. And I really feel like if you really start changing how you come show up for yourself, watch how your life change. Because a lot of us have not showed up for ourselves. We show up for everybody and never show up for ourselves. And that mindset really does damage. And I'm speaking from a person that I'm going to therapy to work on that because it's it's easy to be the provider. It's easier to do things for others. But when it comes to yourself and really sit with yourself, that's rough because you've it, if you can't even how can I say this? This is going to set somebody free. If you can't sit and listen to yourself, especially I'm, I'm speaking to myself, I'm telling on myself, if you come, don't even like yeah. hearing your own self speaking and your own self doing the singing or the reading or the word or whatever you do, if you can't deal with yourself, then that's where you start at. Because adding somebody going to just take and distract you from being able to find you in the first place so you could be whole and be healed because it's hard to be whole when you don't even like yourself. Oh, Pastor Jay, you know what? I just got convicted so bad. And I just got to tell y'all this. I was talking about all that stuff about loving yourself. And the Lord said it didn't start with your love. It started with mine. It didn't mm. start with your love. It started with me loving you and you realizing the love that I have for you that healed you. It didn't start with you. And it doesn't end with you either. I love you to the very ends of the earth. What can separate you from the love of God? It started by realizing that the way that God loves you, it's a healing in that love and he'll help you love yourself. So yeah, I'm, I just wanted to say that, you know, I was like, ooh, I was giving myself way too much credit. Let me back up because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> go ahead, Pastor Jay, just go ahead. So go ahead, Jay. So I think for um, the married couples, I'll speak for the married couple. Uh, how long have you married, Miss Tracy? Uh, it'll be five years in March, March 11th. But we've been together for ten years. Well, ten years at the end of this year. So I'm 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 five years five years with you, December second of last year, right? Nice. And she hit nineteen, uh, 19 profits. Got nineteen on y'all. What 19? you got, Pastor Jay? I got, 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 I got going on twelve in March. Pastor Jay got going on twelve. Where's your anniversary? In March. March fifteenth. Okay. I, I got married on, on the payday because military get paid on the first and the fifteenth. Hey, <laughs> boo poo. Never forget. In your in your class uh, in your dress greens. <laughs> I didn't have dress greens. Uh sorry. It was Yours, uh, you had the blues. blues. You had yes, blues was, in your in your in your blues. Didn't you get yeah. married in your blues? I did get married in my in my military uniform. I looked like I a whole different person. He's inside somewhere. Go ahead, Jay. Um I was just saying that, you know, even being married, and I know a lot of people speak about and against um, married couples having their alone time and just being by themselves. I, I actually enjoy being by myself with just peace and quiet. 
First of all, I want to check your sources. Who said in marriage that you can't have alone time? Because that's one thing that uh, if someone told you that they failed because it's just one thing that I've learned in, in marriage is that you have to have your time to be able to think and pray and to be able to, to collect yourself. No, and, a, long, a long time can, can consist of just being by yourself for many, many hours. And most most women, most wives won't ever agree to that, especially on the weekend, on the off day. No, that's why me and Tracy like sitting in our cars for hours. <laughs> I have a whole, I have a whole man cave where I, I am in it right I now. <laughs> I, I ain't want to tell him myself, but I I enjoy sitting in my car for the per- first hour I get home of just nothing. Ain't nobody gonna tell him. Y'all women not gonna tell him. So so one thing I want to go. I, I just want to say this. Too. They like y'all to have y'all long time. That because yeah. so, they want to be left alone too. So and to Jay, I want so you. Let me let want me you, speak up right quick. Hold on. hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta say this before I lose it. Jay, I want you to know this too. Um, this is something I learned because I used to do that. But while you're in there in your car in an hour, remember this: your wife, your kids deserve to fool you because you left the house and you gave the world all this piece of you you gave your job all this piece of you they you gave all all these people a piece of you when you come home you shouldn't give leftovers i had to learn that the hard way because a lot of times i'll come home and i'll flash because i'm like man bro i've been at work all day man everybody want to talk to me but they don't deserve leftovers my kids don't deserve leftovers my wife don't deserve leftovers so in that car if it take you an hour if it take you 30 minutes sometimes you got to be able to just learn how to meditate and reset so that you could be able to give all of you and be in that position as dad as husband so when you come into the house, you you 100 percent and they don't feel like, dang, dad's here. Dad come, because that's one thing that I learned as a husband and a father over the years, because a lot of times, especially when I was senior pastor, I did more even when I heard it from my kids. It hurt me. They were like, oh, you do all this stuff for the church people. When it come to us, we last. And I, that hurt me. So I had to learn how to be able to balance that because we give so much to events, church events, other events, going here, doing that. But when it comes to our kids, it's kind of like when we come and come home. I know a lot of times we want to do that space, but sometimes just that hour sitting with your boys, that hour sitting, you know, with the wife and just saying, you know what, how was your day? Change the atmosphere so that when you do tiptoe to your man cave like I am right now, they ain't tripping. Because you that's gave it. them. A- <clears throat> that's it. That's it. I don't ever get tired of being around my husband. Never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Call it crazy. I mean, we enjoy each other. We have. That man told me when we met, we're going to have a lot of fun. And I be doggone. We have. We have. We love being around each other. We, But but that de- does give space for us when we need to, you know, oh, I need to go over here and take care of this. Or I need to go do that. We, we do. But there is no deficit in the account, the us account. Mm-hmm. The time together account. If there, if ever there is, um, I heard Kevin on stage say it recently. He was saying how uh, people used to mess with him. So oh, he got to ask his wife and he go hang out. And he was like, no, it's not that I have to ask her. He said, if I've been on the road for the past six days, you know, and I got a weekend off, I can't come hang out with you. I don't even want to come hang with you. I got to invest in this relationship before I can even you know, even consider doing other things because I got to take care of home first. Right. So, yeah, I agree 100%, Pastor Jay. It's all about making that investment such that when you need that time to yourself, it doesn't feel like neglect to the people at, inside the house, you know? 
Because even Michelle Obama said that. And she said when they was single without kids, she was like, well, go do you. And yeah. then, when it came down to kids, she said that she felt like she's with the kids. Now you want to go golfing. I want to go golfing. I can't go right. nowhere. I got the kids, but you gone. So it kind of right. just gets to a point of if you invest into that balance. And that's what everybody just has to really see what your balance is. Your balance might look different, but that balance to be able to show, you know, and something got me because when you think of trauma, let's go back just a little bit back to when I said trauma about childhood trauma. I pictured myself as a kid saying, man, I wish all my dad could play the game with me. Mm. And then to hear my kids say, what they said mm. it hit me. I was like, you, I saw little me again. So it's just kind of like, wow. we can't let life be so much, but we ain't got time for our loved ones because we didn't just come on this earth to pay bills, pay taxes and die. Ooh. We got to enjoy the loved ones that we have around us yeah. and enjoy that time. So with that, I want Miss Tracy, what would you give somebody that's been hurt trying to figure this dating thing out, what would be some encouraging words that you would leave with that person? If you are on that dating journey and it's frustrating, it's not enjoyable, it is, it's starting to feel like, okay, when this person gonna show up, what's the problem? Like if you're starting to feel a way pertaining to dating, that's an indicator that there is work to do on the inside. Yeah, okay, you've been in therapy. Yeah, you've done this. But if you've done all that and you still feel anxious about dating, you still feel uh, disappointed, you still feel like, oh, I'll just pee in the dating pool. All those things are all flashing lights that your soul got something need to get done. So come see me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Come see me. That's it. I like that. Sponsored by Soul <laughs> Well, Miss Tracy, I, I thank you so much. We're coming at the end, and I just wanted to just say thank you on the behalf of Anointed Radio for having you on, sharing your knowledge, sharing your story. And um, one thing I definitely say to everybody that comes on the show, once you come on the show, you are family. So anything that you have to promote or anything in the means that we can uh, do for you, we'll definitely put it out there. We'll definitely let people know what you are doing, because our mission statement is that United brings change. If the body of Christ could unite and help each other, it would be much of an impact of change so that things could start heading the right way. So I definitely want to just um, just encourage you to keep doing the things that you're doing um, and all the great things. I know we didn't get all into impact, but I feel like God led us the way because somebody obviously was pulling to ask these questions because, yeah. man, we we definitely went there tonight. So with that, I just say thank you. And to all my audience people, make sure you share, like, subscribe. Make sure that you download the Anointed Radio app. And if you did not know, you can listen to all of our previous podcasts that are from Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and uh, uh, all them other places that don't let us. And you can listen to us on YouTube. So make sure you follow us on all the podcast platforms and make sure you download the Anointed Radio app for 24-hour gospel and download the anointed radio app for Roku so you could be able to watch the TV series and all the future TV series and movies and things that's up there because we have already great content up there and you could watch it now. So make sure that you tune in. 
much love. And all I can say is enjoy the steps, the first step, the second step, the third step, and stop skipping steps because God wants you to really learn the lessons that you don't have to keep going back. With that being said, love y'all. Bye.